direction that shows no affection. They want a man that's on Capitol Hill. Cause it's die, motherfuckers, die, motherfuckers. All along it was a ghetto, nothing but the ghetto. Taking short steps one foot at a time and kept my head low. And never let go, cause if I let go, then I'd be fine unless I'm going insane. I think my mind just goes out of control and touch on subjects, motherfuckers. Hello everyone, welcome to Reservations. We're your hosts, I'm Rain Whaling. And I don't really like talking about my flair. Your flair? Yeah, my flair. I don't really like talking about my flair, so... You only have uh, 15 pieces, that's the bare minimum. It is the minimum, I don't want to do much more than that. <laughs> uh, you know, we actually had those conversations when I worked at Simply Mac, because for a while, they, they gave us buttons hmm. to put on our lanyards. For real, I'm being and, and like some, some of them were like AT&T or trade in your device today, and they like required us to wear oh, them. Oh, so it's not it, it, they weren't like random buttons. Oh, they they, no, no, they no. had something to do with the no, but the store. Okay. But we had to wear them, right? And and Kinsey, uh, shout out to Kinsey Pace if she's listening. I know her husband's probably listening. Uh, she was the one who's like. Oh, when did we start working at Office Space? Yeah. I was like, hey. <laughs> um, welcome back, everyone. At um, I want to do a quick little update for everyone. So, podcast might go through a little bit of a schedule shakeup. Hopefully not. I don't think so. But um, on Monday, I will not be technically, quote-unquote, working. Uh, didn't lose my job, if anyone hasn't seen. I still have my job, but... My company is no longer going to be paying me because that that sounds like you don't have a job. Well, no, they no sure. I, I, I yeah. understand the logistics. Yeah. No, you have not been fired. No, you. I mean, they didn't let you go. You have the job. It's just you don't have to do anything, and they're not paying you. Yeah. It's it's like a unpaid vacation indefinitely, right? Yeah. Pretty okay. Much. Gotcha. Yeah, it's pretty much in a way how they described it. But you know, so but. I, I can't not just, like, do something, you know? Like, two days off, like, yeah, I probably won't do anything on two days off, but, like, I can't, like, the whole week I can't not do something. Right. So I am looking for something, you know, whether it be remote, you know, or working at a grocery store, Mm -hmm. since that's, like, the only places that are technically open. Speaking of grocery stores, I went to the grocery store. Guys, we're going to get to office space in a second. Once we get to... I, okay, so I had to stay in line, right? Because okay. it's it's one in, one out, right? Right. I think it's like 100 people in the store at a time or something like that. Where did you go, crazy. by the way? Uh, Walmart. Oh, okay. Um, and even though there were so few people in the store, people still found a way to be in my way, you know? Really? Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like... First off, six feet, motherfucker. Get away from me. Second off, it's like, dude, I just get your fucking car out of my way. You know, I get so angry when there are people that are just going too slow or it's like, guess we're grocery shopping. We're not hanging out. Let's go. Let's get out yeah. of here. Right. And it, that's always bothered me. But it bothered me more this time because there wasn't supposed to be anyone in my way. There's only like 100 people in the store. Well, like get out of my way. I mean, actually went to Dollar General. Just grab a few couple things, and I actually have uh, tape on the floor that yeah. says six feet. Yes, yeah, so does uh, so does Walmart. Every, really? every place does, yeah, to, to make sure you're staying six feet away yeah. from people. Well, um, yeah, so there may or may not be a shakeup with the schedule. I don't think there will be. Um, if I do happen to find something, uh, I mainly want, like if I, I applied at some of the grocery stores, and I mainly wanted to do overnight, mm. so mm. I wouldn't have to deal with 
people Ugh, and know. had a lower chance of coming into contact with someone who may or may not have it because mm-hmm. you know uh, Midlanders are stubborn assholes mm-hmm. uh, I am it, one of them but anyway um, <clears throat> so moving on uh, I am so excited to talk about this movie Jeremy because as you said last week it's it made like we when me and Ashley watched it uh, yesterday it made me feel good because that's oh, yeah. when I got the news about oh, my yeah. job. So I was like, I need to pick me up, and this movie definitely did it. Absolutely, I, I completely agree. Anytime, there's only a few movies that really just make me feel really good. Yeah. Um, in the way it's supposed to. Yeah. And this is one of them, and you know, like that thing you do is another, and you know, I have several, but I don't think I've ever seen that thing you. It's do. amazing. Well, I mean, I will pencil that in for later, because <laughs> um, that needs to be fixed immediately, but. <laughs> But Office Space, I think it's not just that it's a comedy. It's that it's this, you know, it's also really bright. Yeah. Right? It's bright. It's colorful. It's funny. And now that I've worked in an office for a few years, I completely get it. It's completely true. You know, before we really jump into everything, I asked Ashley when we started it. I didn't say, oh, I asked. I said, I was like, you know, I wonder how much of this is actually true. Like, you know, obviously the film is... uh, um, I had the word. They're they're over over exaggerating. Yeah, they're over exaggerating yeah. what it's actually like to work in an office. They're but not. I was like, but I wonder how monotonous it really is. And to be honest, I've wanted to work in an office. Maybe not cubicles like that, but an no, office. No, yeah, I don't work in a cubicle, thank God. An, an office-type setting. Yeah. I mean, know. now I work at my kitchen table, but... Um, well, we all do. Well, I don't anymore. Well, but, uh, but yeah, so, so I just have to point this out. Uh, so the movie, it's 1999. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mike Judge is riding high on Beavis and Butthead and, uh, and King, King of the Hill, of the Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he decides to take the, a little comic that he made in '91, and was like, you know what? I want to turn this into a movie, and that's what he did. That was the thing that I was going to tell you. I was going to say, yeah, Milton. Um, yeah. The, the little short that he had made, it's great. It, it's it's silly, and it's, you know, it's very much in the style of Beavis and Butthead. It was the first animation he had ever done, and it's rap, you know? Yeah. Um, it's got what would become Lumberg in it, you know? Yeah. And, of course, poor Melton. Uh, <sighs> Stephen Root. <laughs> Stephen Root is a great Melton, um, because Stephen Root's one of those actors who can play this pathetic you know, just shell of a person. But then he can also turn around and be the big cheese like he was in news radio. Yeah. Right? He was a super pompous asshole in news radio. It's completely different. Uh, man, I love Steven Root. He, I think he's a very uh, underrated actor. I agree. Uh, but anyway, I will let you do the synopsis, even though it's very easy. It, it is super easy. So <laughs> um, we got... Three guys work in this office uh, with insane people, right? Yes. Um, we'll it's, it's very monotonous. It's dull. They hate it. Two of them are a little bit more fine with it being so monotonous than our main character, Peter, who hates it. Yeah. All he wants to do is nothing. That's it. No. Nothing. How hard is that, right? To quote his neighbor, Lawrence... Just look at my cousin. He broke, don't do shit. Dietrich Banner. <laughs> so good. And the company brings in these consultants. The consultants say they're going to fire some people. Uh, Peter 
goes to a hypnotherapist. An occupational hypnotherapist. (laughs) Who, as he is putting them under so he can finally relax and get some peace, has a heart attack and dies. Believing Peter in a constant state of relaxation. And and as sort of this euphoric, uh, blissful, you know, sort of apathy where he doesn't give a shit about anything anymore and that's wonderful. That's how we all want to be, right? Yes. He's me. And so <laughs> finally asks out the girl of his dreams, uh, played by Jennifer Aniston. Who's also riding high. On Friends. Five years on Friends. I mean... I don't even know how they got her. Um, I know. Oh, yeah. Especially five years into Friends. Yeah. Five years into Friends, you're... I mean, she's like a superstar, right? Yeah. Um, no one else is. Just her. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Sorry to all my uh, Matt LeBlanc fan, uh, fans out there. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. He was in that show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the guy from Episodes? So... <laughs> Uh, so anyway, so the consultants uh, let them know who they're going to fire. Two of them happen to be Peter's two friends. One of Peter's friends has a, a virus that he um, always brags about that he's going to, you know, put it in the computer system and it's going to take fractions of pennies off of the blah, 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 some bullshit. They did it in Super Mario 3. So- and a bunch of hackers did it in the 70s and they all got busted. <laughs> and... As, as those two are transitioning to other jobs, as Peter is risen the corporate ladder, as they find his uh, his whimsical, blissful apathy to be very magnetic, and upper management written all over it, um, <laughs> they they notice that they're getting a lot more money in their account than they should. That and, yeah, that it should have taken two years instead of two months. Or weeks or yeah, whatever. I think, it, I think, it, the, like, I think it's I mean, like a... It's, <laughs> I'm yada yada to a lot of people because we're going to get there, but uh, a lot of side characters and things like that. Um, they decide, okay, we're just going to confess. We're going to put the money under the thing. Peter says he's going to take all the blame, blah, 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 whatever. And Milton, who the entire time has just been shit on and passed aside and beaten up finally makes good on his promise and he burns the building down. <laughs> um, the letter and of their confession uh, gets destroyed along with the rest of the building. Uh, it's assumed. Well, assumed to get destroyed by the rest of the building. Peter goes on to work construction with Lawrence, which um, works perfect for him because he just goes with the flow anyway and it's a very low maintenance, less stress job, blah, blah, blah. And it turns out Milton got to the letter with all the money in it before he burned the place down and um, lives a tropical paradise where he still gets treated <laughs> like, like garbage. <laughs> and that's Office Space. Ah, such a good movie. It's a great movie. You know, and it's one of those, and I know we've talked about timing in movies. It's one of those that, it does go by kind of fast. Yeah. But... It's so good. It's razor sharp. Yeah, the, the timing is. I, I think I think it's because Mike Judge, you know, say what you want about the guy, he knows how to write and direct a movie. I agree. Uh, and I, star I, in a movie. I even think Extract was really good. He. Uh, I've he been really wanting to see that. I know it's considered the the spiritual sequel. That one's pretty great. To I, Office Space. Yeah, I really did like uh, Extract a lot. Um, but anyway, so. Lawrence is my favorite character. Oh, he's the best character um, in the entire movie. Like, <laughs> like yeah, Peter's the main character, but Lawrence is the best character. Yeah, the way um, Ron Livingston describes Peter 
uh, when they were talking to him about the character, he said, you know, he's really just the bus driver, and he's just driving the plot along while really funny people get on and off. Right? Oh, that's a good way. That's yeah. a good way to put it. Because Peter is just like any straight man. He's not... He's not the comedy, right? Not really. Yeah. Uh, there are things that he does that is funny, like in the very beginning where he keeps switching lanes and, he, and keeping track of the old guy in, with the walker that keeps getting further and further down the street than he is in the car, right? But I love how he, he, he thinks about getting mad but then doesn't. Yeah. He's, he's like... Because <sighs> he, he's so broken down. <laughs> and, you know, I also get the feeling Ant's cheating on him. Yeah. Just, just get, you know, get that look from her, you know. Yeah, I get that feeling too, you know. Uh, uh, well, and I think, I think the other great thing about the movie, you know, I know we were just talking about Lawrence, but I think the other great thing about the movie is that's filmed in Texas, yes, in Austin and in Austin, Dallas. Yeah. And what's really cool is Mike makes this amalgam where you can't tell which is which. No, and he took the Texas off the license plates, oh, except for one. Oh, there's one with there's one. Because this is how I learned it the first time that he filmed in Texas is the first time I ever saw the movie. Um, I was over with my mom. And um, she had it on DVD, and she was like, "We gotta watch this, uh, Mom. If you're listening, I know you're probably shaking your head like, oh, I can't believe I showed. I want to say it was twelve. The great movie. <laughs> uh, my twelve year old, this rated R movie. Yeah, it's a soft R, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's mainly just language. Yeah, there's no nudity. No, just language. Uh, but anyway, um, and um, we're watching the movie together, and. She pauses it really quickly when Peter's switching lanes. Mm. And she rewinds it, and she's like, what is that? And she pauses it again. And, yeah, one of the license plates has the, the Texas? Has, well, it has the Texas flag. Oh, on it. gotcha. And, you know. and, I mean, and, you know, especially when we go to uh, Swakowski's house, uh, his oh. backyard, it's obviously Texas. I mean, that's what Texas looks like. Yeah. <laughs> so, at least oh, yeah. that part of Texas and our part of Texas. Oh, yeah. Um, no, um, but dude, yeah, Lawrence is the best character. Lawrence is the best character. Um, I just love our introduction to Lawrence. Like, hey, man. Hey, Peter, man. Check out your line. Check out this chick. And then Peter, you can tell that this happens all the time. <laughs> it happens every day. <laughs> Damn it. Lawrence, if you just want to talk to me, come over. All right, man. I'll be right there. And he just <laughs> goes right next door. It's great. And and I want to know more about Lawrence's life. Like, why is he watching Channel 9, the breast exam? I would watch an entire three-hour movie of just Lawrence. Of just Lawrence? <laughs> yes. Dude. And I bet Diedrich Boehner would be like, let's do it. Yeah, he's the greatest. I, and, you know, he's very cool. Hey, Luke, with his, you know, bottle opener on him, right? Because he's got, oh, man, I got it. And, you know, and he what? just and pops it open. And he comes over with a beer yeah. and grabs another one from Peter's friend. Yeah. And 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 he, and he has some of the best lines, too. You know, when Peter asks him, like, you know, if you're not feeling it one day, does someone ever tell you you've got a case of the Mondays? And he sits there. And Lawrence is like, no. No, man. Shit, no, man. <laughs> yeah, he gets so upset. And uh, Kale and I, shout out to Kale, we, we do that bit all the time. Really? Oh, yeah. And just so one of us can go, no. No. no, man. No, man. And we just get more and more upset as we, you know, obviously it's the, it's pretty great. I mean, this movie has in, in, is ingrained in my vernacular as well. Cause I'll, if I, if I don't understand something, I'll just say PC load letter. What the fuck does that mean? You know, I, I will, I will say that all that. And just like, um, in another example of that would be in Arrested Development. <laughs> 
if I can't find something, I'll say, where the fuck are my hard-boiled eggs? So I'll do the <laughs> So, but the PC load on line, I'll do it work all the time. <laughs> well, and you know that that was apparently ad-libbed. Yeah. Um, it just popped up on the printer. He goes, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Uh, and I love that Mike left it in. Yeah. You know, because I don't know that actor's name. I'm going to be honest. Uh, he's To me, he's always Michael Bolton. Yeah. <laughs> you can just call me Mike. <laughs> And I have so many things about that, but, you know, so he's doing his monologue about, you know, the high school guidance counselor asking you, what would you do if you had a million dollars? The question's bullshit to begin with, because if anyone had a million dollars, there'd be no janitors no one to clean up shit if they had a million (laughs) dollars. You know, and he's going on and on, and then, yeah. He stops, and then the PC load letter. (laughs) What the fuck does that mean? (laughs) His, His temper is my favorite. He just gets so mad. Like, when Peter, uh, when Peter's gonna tell him that he's gonna get fired, and he's, yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, come on, you little fucker. Yeah, let's go. And he's hitting the button. Just, yeah, yeah, come on. Come on. Yeah, and of course, the most satisfying scene is when they, you know, Uh, destroy it. Yeah, Um, But so Lawrence has, in my opinion, the greatest answer to what would you do if if you had a million million dollars? dollars. (laughs) Two chicks at the same time. And when Peter's like, well... You don't need a million dollars for that. Well, to have chicks do that to me, I would. He goes, that's a good point. He's like, yeah, you got a point there. <laughs> Two then, chicks at the same time. He's dead then, serious. Man, Lawrence, and then um, when they hatch their plan, <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, I'm not going to tell anyone. What the fuck is that? Nah, he's cool. Uh, he's cool. Don't worry about him. <laughs> he's cool. Don't worry about him. And, and you know what? He's exactly right. Lawrence... Why gonna tell you? Why gonna tell anyone shit? All right. You know. So so last night, um, I'm on YouTube, and I don't know if you knew this, but YouTube will make a playlist of like music mm-hmm. if you listen to music. I on did YouTube. know that. And me and Esther's in there like watching the music videos and stuff like that. And uh, a six nine video comes up, and I pause it really quickly, and I look at her and I was like, Hey, I was like, You know who that is right there? I was like, it's a goddamn snitch right there. And that's not what Lawrence is. <laughs> Lawrence just doesn't want you fucking up his life anymore. I don't want you fucking up my life. <laughs> um, I, yeah. So it's funny you bring up YouTube. I do want everyone who listens to this to um, look up Michael Bolton, Funny or Die, uh, Office Space. And what they do is they digitally put the actual singer Michael Bolton really? in the scenes where Michael Bolton is talking shit about Michael Bolton and it's hilarious he's like so, that no talent ass clown started winning Grammys no there was nothing wrong with that name and so that no talent ass clown became famous started winning Grammys yeah he's like why should I change he's the one who sucks why don't you just go by Mike instead of Michael and dude and oh, god I, I'm so excited I just forgot uh, Samir I almost forgot Samir's name I'm just so excited. Not gonna gonna work here anymore. Not gonna work anymore. (laughs) And and I love how he even explains it. Like Mike writes it in the script that he. Nah, and I'm pretty sure I just butchered it. But it's like hard. Yeah. Uh, But dude, Samir is like. I'm pretty sure that actor doesn't really talk like that, but no, he, he does doesn't. it so good. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I think if I think if he would have just talked normally, it probably wouldn't have... No, yeah. It, I mean, it, not to... Not, he had have the accent. Not not saying that people with funny accents are funny, but I don't, I don't think it would have oh. worked. Um, yeah, no, he doesn't talk like that. Uh, he is... Uh, has a very small part in Requiem for a Dream. He's uh-huh. the uh, mailman who keeps bringing Sarah Goldfarb 
her mail because she's uh-huh. waiting for that whatever dinner. Um, and he speaks with his normal accent. Um, so do you want to talk about the Bobs? Let's talk about the Bobs. Bob Slidell and Bob. Uh, what's the other Bob's name? I don't know. I just know them as the Bobs. The Bobs. Yeah. <laughs> Bob. 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 Yeah, Doctor Cobb. That's 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 John C. McGinley's. Yeah. Sec- that's my opinion. My second favorite role, of course. Number one's Doctor Cox. Yeah, he's he's great in this. Uh, <laughs> like when, especially when you see all their interactions with all the other employees. Like when they're talking to Tom, who I think we've all worked with a Tom mm-hmm. who just is convinced he's going to get fired every yeah. day of the week, and <laughs> and but Bob is asking him like, so what do you do here? And he's. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> it's very John C. McGinley, right? Yeah, it's it's it was it was it's pre Doctor Cox. Yeah, it's sort of he does have the same cadence, the same you know sort of attitude, sort of the same everything you know because he even talk you know when I say cadence you know he's what is it you do here you know he he pauses and he'll elongate and he'll yeah so it's it's great and then of course the other Bob is <laughs> it's just as funny oh yeah for sure because because if, if John C. McGinley's Bob is the high mm-hmm. then this Bob is the low yeah especially when Lumberg is getting Bob Slidell heated and he's like I'll handle this because <laughs> you can clearly tell he's like <sighs> Yeah, he's getting he's he's, he's getting pretty pissed because uh, that's their boy Peter right there. No yeah. one's going to talk about Peter that way. Speaking of who's talking bad about Peter, I mean, we could dude talk for years about Lumberg. Lumberg, yeah, Gary Cole. Gary, dude, Lumberg. Love, I love Gary Cole dearly. Yeah, I love him so much. Yeah, he's great. Uh, that's why you got to watch uh, Pineapple Express, dog, because he's the drug kingpin and he acts nothing like a drug kingpin would. I like, do. I do really like Gary Cole. I yeah. think he's great. Um, he's also the uh, the principal on Family Guy. That is great. Principal Shepard. I think is his name. Yeah. Yeah. But dude, I, you know, even though I started this by saying like I've always wondered what it's like to work in an office, I would never, ever want a boss like that. Uh, since you've worked in an office, have have you had a boss like that? Um, I have had situations where I do have more than one person telling me I did something wrong. Uh, that is that is one hundred percent true. It's a little exaggerated in the movie, but and he has eight different bosses. Yeah, I don't have that many, but <gasps> I that. do have enough to where it's more than once I get told if I do something wrong. Yeah, yeah so we, we we should preface this by saying that Lumberg, who I'm assuming is the that you see his title at the end of the movie on his door. <laughs> But I would assume he's just the general manager of this one branch. Mm-hmm. Um, God, he's the worst with his fucking. Well, he also wears suspenders with a belt. So. Yeah, like a chump, and it's and redundant. his button-up shirts have the white collar, which I do like. I actually really like. If he just didn't wear the belt, I like his style. You know what I mean? Well, I think I think as I told Ashley, he's written for us to hate. Yes. So I think everything about him, the belt with the suspenders. Yeah. Everything's designed for us to hate. Yeah. That his Porsche has a vanity plate called My Porsche. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, I really like that Judd really lets you in on how far the other people have to park. Yeah. Because there's that dip, that little valley in between their parking lot and in Inatech, the building, yeah. right? They have to... <laughs> Tom falls down trying to get back up the other side of it. It's great, right? After they get back from Chachki's. Uh, it's the best. Anyway. Yeah, but, you know, even down to how, how Lumberg talks, 
Yeah. Uh... Now, that's something I do with my dad all the time. Really? Yeah. We, <laughs> dad and I will go, yeah, I'm going to need you to come in on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, man, everything about this movie, I I feel like we're, we're just mainly talking about our favorite parts. But, you know, that's fine. Because it, they're good bits. Um, now, I did want to talk about this on, uh, on mic because I mentioned it off mic. I want to talk about, I'm assuming, the assistant manager, mm-hmm. uh, Lumberg's right-hand man, Dom. I cannot stand Dom at all. He is the worst. And let me explain it to you. I'm glad you asked. Uh, yeah. That's so, right. yeah that's about that. <laughs> as I mentioned, uh, you know, Lumberg was written for us to hate. Mm-hmm. Like, he, that was the sole purpose when Mike Judge came up with the character is he, we need someone to hate. But Dom is actually the... He's worse than Lumberg. So, like, you know... So, at the beginning of the movie, you know... Because Peter didn't use the TPS cover. He didn't use the correct uh, cover letter on his TPS TPS report. report? Which, I agree, is terrible. And he should really be reprimanded for that. But, But, you you know, know, he's got the memo right there. He's got the memo. Uh, And as Lumberg says, you know, we'll make sure you get another copy of that in the memo. (laughs) But then after Lumberg leaves him, Dom comes... And, and I really love, because I've actually been in this scenario, I love that, you know, Peter f- explains the situation. Like, I read the memo, and he even shows Dom, I read the memo, I understand the policy, and the problem is I forgot justice once. But I've already handled it, so it's not really an issue. And Dom continues to be like, well, you know, we're just putting cover letters on the TPS reports now. And I think the reason why I hate Dom so much is his patented backslap. Okay, I hate that man, and just that's why he's the worst. <laughs> Dom is the worst. He is he's the worst manager. Yeah, ever. Like, ugh. that God. in my experience, and not I mean not just my current job, but other jobs I've had is is accurate. Also, that they they have come to tell you something. Nothing's going to change that. They're still going to tell you that, right? Yeah. No matter what you say. So e- even if you tell them. The, the, oh, no, I already took care of it. It's like, well, because here's why. It's like, nope, I already know why. You know what I mean? I got it. You know? Well, uh, and, yeah. and, I, and I just love uh, his phone rings after Don walks away, <laughs> and he immediately knows Peter Gibbons. Yes. I got the memo. <laughs> it's brilliant. And then, oh, and then when he explains that to the Bobs. I do have a, um, I do have a theory Okay. About Michael Bolton. The 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 the, the, the character or yeah, the actual guy? The character. <sighs> I think he was a Navy SEAL. Yes! Because so on the IMDB trivia it just says he he he's interested in Navy SEALs, but I don't think that's it. I think he was a Navy SEAL because he's got he's got the flag on his wall. Yeah, and he's got the poster in his office mm-hmm. and right. And so I think that before he started working at Inatech, he was a Navy SEAL and it would make perfect sense because he is the body type of a Navy SEAL. He's he's thin, right? And uh, you know, he's Navy SEALs aren't humongous, right? They're not huge ripped dudes. They're my size, right? right? I get told that all the time because I know a lot of people in the military and they keep telling me, it's like, dude, you could be a SEAL. Like, ah! Like, nah. Well, they just say you have the body type. They can tell me. I mean, they don't <laughs> tell me I can be a SEAL because I can't because I'm not that tough. But they do tell me, you know, SEALs are like, you know, anyway. small and... 
<laughs> small and slender. And I think Michael Bolton was a Navy SEAL. I mean, that would that would make sense for his love of uh, hardcore ninety gangsters rap. You uh, know what I'm saying? Nineties gangster rap, uh, particularly by the Smash group, the Ghetto Boys. Yeah, that's uh, G E T O. Yes, boys. Because uh, <laughs> and I love that's that's you know. The opening sequence is introducing us to these characters, and really none of them have actual lines per se. You know, Peter's sitting quietly in his car, and like you, like you said, that you can tell he's just already broken. He's just—he's already—he's already just so upset. Um, Samir <laughs> has hardcore road rage, and he doesn't know how to express it because they're all like, "Mother, shit, the nasty." I just. <laughs> Punching his steering wheel, and then we meet Michael, and he's in there just rapping along. To oh, uh, it's the best. Uh, and you know, it took me forever to get the joke when uh, you know he's sitting there listening, listening to his rap, and he looks up, and there's uh, an African American gentleman selling flowers, mm-hmm. and he locks his door and then turns <laughs> down the radio. And it took me forever to figure it out. It's one of my favorite jokes in the whole movie, and it's because. Here's this white ass boy, yeah, rapping some hardcore gangster rap while an African American gentleman is coming by, and and the I think the the icing on the cake is him locking the door. I, that just makes me laugh every time because <laughs> you know, and it's you know, and it's '90s cars, so they don't have automatic locks, so he had to actually, yeah, <laughs> they might have been automatic, but they have the you know literal lever, or yeah. Whatever. Uh, and I love that he turns it down. He's like, yeah, yeah. But he's still singing along, which I love. He's still, he's still lip syncing to it. And then as soon as the guys pass his car, and he gets louder, I, and I the can't music talk gets... to my mother, so I talk to my diary. Till I see your monkey ass drop. I mean, it's the best. And and I love that. That's the soundtrack. That there's no yes. You know, you know, this ninety nine. You know, new metal is big. Alt rock is big. Mm-hmm. The grunge scene has sort of kind of died out. Punk is kind of back on the rise. And he, my judge, used none of that. It's all hardcore rap. Yeah, it's all rap songs. Except for the beginning. Um, oh, right, because the beginning, it's Mambo number five. Yes. But the rest of the soundtrack is it's all hardcore rap. It's not the 90s song Mambo number five, it's the actual musical. Movement, Mama Number Five. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Um, but I love it. I I feel like, I feel like if if Mike had picked, you know, like alt rock as the soundtrack, it it would just have been your stereotypical '90s movie because it doesn't feel like a '90s movie. You know, like, no, not necessarily. I would agree with that. I mean, obviously, yeah. There's things in it that are very blatantly '90s. Yeah, like. Uh, Peter's 90s bachelor pad <laughs> with the, the, the small couch and the one chair. Yeah. <laughs> and then, oh my God, dude. And then when you see the, his, uh, his stereo system set up. Yeah. And he's got speakers on like uh, m- microphone stands. <laughs> I was like, man, simpler times, dog. Yeah, dog. Um, so speaking of, um, of his apartment... Um, we get my second favorite character a knock on the door when they're all <laughs> hanging out trying to figure out how to launder money <laughs> and it's Orlando Jones and I love Orlando Jones I think he is definitely one of the most underrated actors out there I, f- I feel like he was supposed to have a bigger role in the movie I don't know I'm a gigantic fan of Orlando Jones 
Um, I uh, mean, no, it was Magnolia. I was I was switching. Yes, yeah, Magnolia. Two. He had a bigger role. He, in that. Well, he had he a was, role in general. <laughs> was supposed to have a role, yeah, bigger role in Magnolia. But, yeah. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> they're looking up how to launder money in the dictionary. And then, as as most dictionary definitions, you need to look up some of the words in the definition <laughs> to understand to launder. And I love that Mike is like gesturing, like, uh, uh, yeah. And then, <laughs> I am addicted to crack. And he's got like that lisp, and he's got it's so funny. Uh, I was reading that he based it off his niece because his niece would sell cookies door to door and have a terrible attitude. <laughs> oh yeah, with that, with like the scripted like. Yes. I used to be addicted to a crack, and now I'm selling a magazine. <laughs> and it's a, sort of a sing-songy type way he's doing it. And, and he's like, guys, really, I don't, uh, I was never addicted to crack. And he's using his normal accent. He's like, Wait, you, you worked at Initrode? You're not going to tell anyone about this, right? Well, that all depends. <laughs> what am I doing with 80 subscriptions? To, what was it? Vibe magazine or something? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Dude, that's so gold. And, you know, I also want to talk about, since this is a, a, an overtly 90s movie, is tchotchkes. Okay. See, it's- I thought you were going to just say the entire reason they can get away with it at all is the Y2K thing. Oh, yeah. I it, mean, that I mean, too. That's super. I mean, that's the most 90s thing well, the world. Yeah, yeah. And I love that's how, you know, when Peter finally talks to Joanna, uh, that's how he explains what he does. Like, oh, you know, we're just changing lines of code for the bank transfer for the new 2000, you know. And he's like, but I really don't want to talk about my work. I don't want to talk about that, Because <laughs> And she doesn't want to talk about her flair, you know. Yeah. But, dude, tchotchkes is like, it's a mix of, like, chilies and Bennigans. And they, and they mention chilies. Yeah. Um, uh, well, yeah, if you want to have lunch with me, I'll be next door. Uh, chilies or flingers? Flingers. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it is sort of like a Bennigan's, sort of like a TGI Fridays. Yeah. Uh, dude, and and I love, you know, much like Quentin Tarantino, Mike Judge puts himself in his own movies. So <laughs> he, the play, manager. he plays the manager, uh, Carl, I want to say his name? I don't remember. You, you, we see his name tag, and I... I just I focus more on just how he's talking to her. Yes, I love he barely opens his mouth when he talks. Well, if you want to do the bare minimum. And his mustache is fantastic, his hair, his perm. I th- I think that was before he was bald. I mean, it, or it could be a wig. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, and his glasses and everything. I mean, he's just such a douchebag. And, uh, and he I always just, keeps his hands like like cupped together in front of himself. <laughs> want to do the bare minimum and it, I just love the way he just doesn't he barely opens his mouth when he talks and it, <laughs> he's great and you know what that's not how we really I mean his accent is completely different than his actual accent yeah um, he has more of a Texan and I think people forget that he was also in a Spy Kids movie was he in Spy Kids? two he was in Spy Kids 2 and Spy Kids 3 well I didn't I don't think I saw those <laughs> I saw the first one for Spy sure Spy Kids 2 is uh, much better than the first and Spy Kids 3 is an atrocity. Shout out to the crazy idea that that kid from Spy Kids is married to Megan Trainer now. Isn't that crazy? Bullshit. Junie is married to Megan Trainer. I guess. Was that his name? <laughs> Dude. Sidebar. Sorry. Because, uh, you know, I think Robert Rodriguez is a hack. Sorry. Um, mm, yikes. But, uh, you know, in when he did Machete, he casted... Great pronunciation. Well, I was going to white it and just be machete. Machete. Machete kills. Machete. Machete. But, uh, so, Robert Rodriguez casted the kids from Spy Kids, you know, the the main characters, 
And Junie, the kid who played the guy who played Junie, is like a fucking gangbanger, but he's so light skin complected because he's because he's a redhead. Yeah, and he just looks so out of place. Like he's got the bandana on, he's got the the white shirt, and then the the plaid with the single button. I need to watch Machete again because uh, it's been a while since I've seen that. Like I know it was designed to be a B movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, that shit's rad. I, I love anyway. I love Machete. Machete kills hell. Well, and I think Rob Rodriguez and Mike Judge are like. Close friends. Are they? Because oh, they're both from Texas. Texas, Texas filmmakers. <laughs> that makes sense. I wonder if they know uh, Richard Linklater. They all go have lunch. Probably, dude. <laughs> That'd be rad. Uh, they all and go. And David Lowry. All of them are just hanging out because well, we make films in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. They all go hang out at the uh, OG Chewies that started it all. Started yep. the chain. Have you ever been to the OG Chewies, by the way? No. Welcome back to the Chewies. Dude, I fucking love Chewies. Chewies. I mean, uh, anyway. But no. Um. So, keeping with uh, Tchotchkes, uh, I think Jennifer Aniston has the best line of the whole movie because she says exactly what we've all wanted to say to our boss and and do what we've always wanted to do to our bosses. Uh, <laughs> Which, here's my flair. All right? What right. does... If anyone else, you know, this, this is an audio oh, format. Is an audio. Jeremy is uh, flipping the bird. Yes. And this is me expressing myself. <laughs> and I love how Jennifer Aniston... Says that line. She's too. great. I, you know, Jennifer Aniston's great in this movie. Me and her share a birthday. Really? We're birthday buddies. Oh, birthday bros! Uh, shout out to Jennifer Aniston. I uh, hope she's listening. She probably is. I know. Uh, waiting on that season two of The Morning Show. Never seen season one. Oh, wow! <laughs> I started The Morning Show. Was it good? Yeah. Right, I want to watch it, but anyway. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think we've all. I think everyone at one point in time has always wanted to do that to their boss. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say not necessarily no one's had the balls to do it, but I think it's a form of, like, don't really want to... Like, in the back of your head, you're like, I don't want to burn a bridge. Oh, yeah. Well, I get that. You um, know? But I really like that she made her dream come true because she was like, I really like the uh, the uniforms over here a lot better. And when we see her after she quits, she's... Working there? Well, no. She gets fired. Which I think is weird, because I, I also thought she quit. But when Peter, you know, sees her, you know, the final scene we see Joanna, he was like, you're working at Flingers now. And she's like, yeah, I got fired. <laughs> and, I was, and I'm yeah, like... Yeah, I, I would have just assumed she would have quit, but I guess uh, she didn't. Well, but see, the line, but the line she says is, I don't, I hate this goddamn job. I hate it and I don't need it. And I took that as I quit. Yeah. But I guess they fired her before that, yeah. which is fine. You'd rather be fired than quit because they can give you, uh, they have to give you your paycheck. Yeah. But, uh, and that's, dude, and that's all, that scene also is something I love is when Peter, you know, admits that the scam was wrong. Yeah. I might be going away for a while uh, to jail. <laughs> <laughs> you were right. That computer scam was was way off. Um, I love Ron Livingston. Yeah, I, I showed Ashley the bit from Family Guy. Of like, yeah, you know, our son's a famous movie actor. Oh, really? What, what was he in? <laughs> oh, you know, he was like the main guy in oh, Office the main Space. Guy. He was in Band of Brothers. Oh, what is his name, honey? Oh, uh, is your son Ron Livingston? That's it. <laughs> that that was going to drive me crazy all day. Thank you. Um, <laughs> You're so wrong, let me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and we should also mention, so so the whole scam is, is that Michael Bolton, because you got to call him Michael Bolton. Michael Bolton. Uh, programs this virus to where, since they're working with all this banking software, 
it programs that these tiny little fractions of a penny get taken out and get put into a separate account that uh, they create. And since the company's going through the 1999 to 2000 switch, there'd be no way for them to see it. But where our heroes go awry in the last 30 minutes of the movie, uh, Michael misses a decimal place. Mm -hmm. And when Peter checks the account after, I want to say it's a couple days, because, you know, they, they pull it off. That's right, and then uh, before they get let go officially, they hear about Swikowski getting hit by the car by Drew, the grossest character in the movie. And I think we and I think we all worked with the Drew. Yeah, <laughs> my, <laughs> my show, my old face, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. And they're <laughs> yeah, just no like, <laughs> and they and they give him the the go away look without people s- kind of just tolerate Drew. You yeah. Know? Oh, hey Drew. Hey Drew. Um, <laughs> but awesome. yeah, yeah. Then they hear about Tom. No, they pull it off the day they get fired. The day that Samir and oh, Michael Oh, it's their last day. That's right. Because Michael, because Peter comes over and he's like, that was easy. And it was, that's so funny because they do all these crazy moves to pass off the... The, the floppy the disk. The floppy disk. And then it's like, oh, that was easy. <laughs> and, and I it's think that's what makes that scene so funny is, you know, it's all in slow-mo. Yeah. Uh, great song playing. And yeah. Michael's like... <sighs> Like looking around, uh, and when the bad case of the Mondays girl calls him Michael Bolton, and she's like, when he he looks right at the camera, <laughs> <laughs> and also oh sidebar, also Nina is the worst person. Her her and Dom, yeah. you know Nina the corporate accountant. Oh, uh, Nina speaking. Just a moment. Just a moment, <gasps> dude. No wonder <laughs> Peter's dreaming about that because that's all he hears. Yes, uh, but yeah. Um, then they get fired, and then they go and. Kill the fax machine brutally, oh, which is so great. Which you know, I've seen so many parodies of that, yeah. Um, and I think that's because that that is probably the most iconic scene from the movie, yeah. And it's the ultimate sort of cathartic, you know, fuck you to the place that you worked is give destroy the thing that gave you the most trouble. And it's <laughs> that copy machine. And, and I want to know how loved. Peter got it out of the building, I don't know, goes, <laughs> but I love that. It's like, I stole it. Oh, yeah, I guess we all stole something. Like, no, I stole something else. And they call it a going away present. Oh, they just beat I, the shit out of that thing. I would say, since technically the day Michael and Samir got fired, Peter was receiving his promotion, mm-hmm. I would assume that since he's now within upper management, he was like, I'm going to take this. Or maybe, yeah, I mean, I, honestly, who cares? But I do want to say my least favorite thing about Office Space is the reason that um, the the sort of mix up with the name Lumberg? Um, yeah, that is. I, a, I really don't like that that uh, that plot line. Yeah, that is a really weird like B story. It was. I didn't really care for that very much, especially so, because the direction the the show was going, the movie was going, where you know now it's sort of this quasi comedy heist movie, right? Yeah. Um, and now we have this like lovers quarrel, which I didn't. I just didn't like that. I, I don't know. Yeah. So what we're talking about is um, so Tom Slidowski uh, or whatever his last name is, um, the guy who thought he was going to get fired like every day of the week. Um, finds out oh, like a week before he's going to get fired uh, that he's going to get fired so he decides to kill himself because <laughs> that's sensible um, and then at the last minute decides not to because he sees his wife and I guess I love Drew's 
I mean, I do actually really like Drew because he, he goes, I find out he wants to live. <laughs> and he sort of snickers at it like, how ridiculous. Yeah. And then as Tom is backing out of his driveway, because he tried to kill himself by uh, asphyxiation. And as he's backing out of his driveway, and I love that we see it as the garage is closing. Yeah. Gets nailed by a drunk driver. Uh, but, you know, broke his back, a couple of ribs, his arms, his legs. But he's okay, and he's getting a huge settlement out of it. Um, and I actually looked it up, because Drew was like, yeah, like seven figures. I looked it up. That's like a million dollars. It is a million dollars, yeah. Um, and we also should mention that Tom, earlier in the movie, mentions how the guy who invented the pet rock, was a, that was a million dollar idea. <laughs> you think the pet rock was a good idea? Yeah. The guy I made a million dollars. I agree. I, I think it's a great idea. It's a stupid product, but it's a great idea because people bought it. And so. then, then Tom tells them about his idea. Hey, uh, <laughs> jump to conclusions, Matt. You see, it's this Matt. I think about that a lot, too. That you lay on the floor with different conclusions on it that you have to jump to. I just love it. And then just like, that's the stupidest thing. <laughs> it's horrible. This idea. It's just, that's that's it's my mom's favorite. It's so dumb, and when when he shows him the prototype, <laughs> and Peter and Peter's trying to be like, that's exactly how you. That's describe exactly it. how you describe it. <laughs> the nicest thing, like <laughs> like instead of saying I hate your shirt, I can just say your shirt is blue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, so at the so Tom has a party, I guess, to celebrate that he got out of the hospital and he's alive and doesn't have to work anymore because he's got a million dollars. Peter bumps into Drew again, and Drew's like, oh, man, who brought the tchotchkes chick? And Peter's like, oh, she's with me. And he's like, ah, oh, wear a rubber, dude. Which is something else that took me forever to figure out. I'm like, what does he mean by that? Wow. And I was 12, 12. the first time. That's, I was that's really good. Yeah. Now what he means is a, a condom. Or as I like to call or as I like to say... A raincoat. Oh, boy. <laughs> Sorry about that, everyone. Oh, my God. That's awful. Anyway, and uh, and I love how every time someone tells Peter something, he immediately questions it. And so, <laughs> why is that, Drew? And, oh, she gets around. And then, you know. And that's where we get the Lumberg line, right? Yeah, which, in my opinion, as a sensible human being... If you're starting to get serious with your significant other, don't ask someone about their sexual past, because then this happens. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just a weird sort of misunderstanding. Um, yeah, because with Drew saying Lumberg, because I mean, I don't know, I, I don't know, because the Lumberg is named Bill. Bill right? Lumberg. Yeah. So we should mention that um, the 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 Lumberg that Peter works with his name is Bill, but they just call him Lumberg because. Yes. He's an asshole, so why would we give him respect by calling him by his first name? <laughs> Fuck that guy. You could already you're giving him more respect by calling him by his last I know. name. But that's bad anyway, like, And so Drew tells him, well, hell, Lumberg fucked her. And all Peter can think of is and that is even though I know you don't like it, you yeah, can't say at least I the do. fantasy the sequence. Fantasy is, scene is great because that's I mean, <laughs> he's, he still has the coffee mug in his hand. <laughs> Her leg up in one hand, coffee mug in the other. Yeah. And he's like, that's great. It's so monotone. <laughs> I know. And Gary Cole does such a he's great job. Great like, at that, yeah. Oh, hey, Peter. What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> and, then, and then when Peter is with Michael and Samir and they're trying to figure out what they're going to do about the money. And uh, he mentions like, yeah, I can't believe Lumber 
like had sex with her. Like, oh yeah, that did happen. Yeah, before I moved to Atlanta. And he's like, wait, Tom Lumberg, the intro guy. And they're like, yeah. Did you th- you think we meant Bill? <laughs> yeah, I will say yeah, that is kind of a weird. I, just, I, I didn't like that sort of storyline. Um, I know we had to split them up, but. At least for a second. Yeah, yeah, because you know, in comedies, there's got to be a little bit of drama, just just a smidgen. Yeah. It's usually towards the third act. There's a little bit of drama, um, and technically, we got that when come to find out the bank account they fucked up the virus. Right. So there's our drama. And I do think that this movie overall is the perfect length. Yeah. Uh, an hour forty five minutes? It's no, it's it does it's eighty nine minutes. So it's so an hour tw- hour twenty. Yeah, because the last thirty is when they find out that they fucked up the virus. Yeah, and what are we gonna do? Because you know we're enjoying the sort of introduction to everyone, getting the feel of who everyone is, uh, so much because they're so silly. Yeah. Right? And that once we finally get into the meat of the story, it's like oh shit, it's almost over. You know. Well, and I love. And I love when so I love when Peter uh, goes to an ATM to check the account. He's got dark aviator shades on, <laughs> and he's like looking over his shoulder. And then he gets the receipt, and there's so much money in there. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, like three hundred, three hundred two thousand something. Shit, something, something. a lot of money. I thought you said this was gonna take two years. Like, what's up on a death wall in the rock place? I'm always doing that. Uh, oh, this is not a mundane detail, Michael. Which is so funny because uh, Michael's character is, you know, he can go from hard-ass motherfucker to a pathetic little wimp when he's like, I'm always doing stuff like that. You know, I, I think the switch is great. Yeah, uh, especially like when when he first explains to Peter the code, like, well, the virus and what it does at his apartment and then you know Peter's like so what? what's to keep you from doing that well I got a good job what if you didn't have a good job and then they're at the bar and he <laughs> goes from this guy who's like yeah I can see it where he's like yeah I could rip them off the <laughs> cock gobblers <laughs> that's the first time I've ever heard that too he yeah he's his vocabulary is fantastic he <laughs> he can swear with the best of them um, the, the I think his second best swear is in that same scene. He's like, I told those fudge packers I like Michael Bolton's music. <laughs> and Peter, as if he had just said, my mom has cancer, goes, oh, buddy, I'm so sorry. You know, it's, he, it's so sympathetic. They're like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. You told me you like Michael Bolton's music. It's great. Uh, man, the movie is just, it's so good. It's and not much. I don't, I don't get why... Um, I can't believe I'm about to say this. Uh, it's not being taught in schools. Hmm. That's interesting. That's an interesting thing to say. Because <laughs> so I mentioned this movie a while back to someone at work. Before, of course, we you know we were all you know stuck at home, um, and I think I I want to say I quoted it because much like you, it's ingrained in my vocabulary mm-hmm. as well. Um, and I quoted it, and they're like, "What are you saying?" I'm like, "It's office space," and they're like, "What's office space?" And my like face I felt like the blood rush from my face mm-hmm. like what yeah you, you haven't watched office space like <sighs> so I, I do want to give some recommend like a recommendation for people who love office space that just can't seem to wrap their head like can't watch it every week obviously because you probably get tired of it or whatever yeah uh, I highly recommend Dilbert 
um, the the animated series of the classic uh, Sunday morning comic strip of Dilbert. It's the funniest thing in the world. I love it I so. I forgot they made an animated version of that. Hilarious, and it's very much Office Space like. So. Yeah. Um, Dude, I just remembered something. We have yet to really go in about Milton. Oh yeah, Milton. Well, we can talk about uh, for five years about Milton. So yeah. Stephen Root plays Milton, and Milton is the the uh, office uh, punching bag. He's he's um he's the Dan Cook joke of the weirdo at work. He's so strange and gross, and <laughs> he's always sweaty. Yes, always has a stain on his tie. Very soft spoken. I love that they gave him uh, Coke bottle lens glasses. They're so great. His eyeballs, eyes are are gigantic. Anime girl size, and he's just like, especially when he blinks, it's the funniest shit. I do mutter to myself. This is another thing I say a lot because uh, I, back when we used to, you know, be around other people, um, I, I would play music at work, and sometimes they would ask me to turn it down, and. <laughs> I see where you're going with it. Yeah, and he was like, uh, <laughs> I was told I could listen to my music at a reasonable volume from 9 to 11. And uh, <laughs> I would, I would, I'll mutter that to myself while I'm turning it down. You, you know, because if Sandra's going to work, you know, while, while she has her headphones on, I I was told I can listen to the radio while I'm collating. And I just love <laughs> when, when he's talking about the stapler and having to move desks. He's talking to Peter on the phone. And Peter's like, uh-huh, yeah, but uh, that's great. Uh, I got to go. You know, I, I love that that's who he's talking to. You know, and, and, you know, and shout out to Peter Gibbons, because um, Peter's probably the only one who treats Milton like a person. Yeah. Or at least understands. Less like a monster. Like, I mean. Yeah. Because he's like a little goblin person. Yeah. Because, you know, because the first time we see Milton is in the opening sequence when he's waiting for the bus. I was told that if I was late again, I'd be summarily dismissed. Uh, and then the second time we see him is... They're, they're cubicle neighbors. Because <laughs> Peter's already having a bad Monday. Oh, already. And he's got a bad case of it, you know? You know, doesn't want to hear Milton's radio. And, you because know, it's talk you, radio. It's not music. It's <laughs> it's an AM it's like, news. Yeah. And he tells Milton, like, could you just turn that down? Just, just a little. I was told I could listen to the music. I, no, no, I know you're allowed. <laughs> Like yeah okay thanks Milton but yeah when he when he calls him that oh that gets me every time because I just I, I rack my brain and who called who and why you know I would say that Milton probably called oh, Peter oh for sure there's no way because because that's Milton the Brandon. Friday Peter's trying to duck out he's trying to get the fuck out of there and no one will shut the fuck up uh, and, uh, and 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 another great way how Stephen Root plays him is when he he switches. In the conversation, when he's switching what he's talking about, mm-hmm. he, like I, my desk was by a window and there were squirrels and they were married, and then they switched from the swin line to the Boston stapler. I and, but about I kept the my swin line. Squirrels are married line. That's so great. <laughs> yeah, and then and they were yeah, then you know, and I love how Mike does the camera angle. So we're it's an aerial shot in the cubicle going from Milton just diagonally across to Peter and Peter's like uh-huh yeah uh-huh and we I'll switch the sound to um, in the in the in receiver the phone, right yeah <laughs> so, uh-huh yeah that's uh, that's great that's no, great but, yeah well uh yeah I gotta go that's so funny and it dude, kills me every time um and poor Milton yeah so they so they move his desk I'm assuming by the time he, he and Peter are cubicle buddies um that was his second move 
and then they moved him again, and then and they then, moved him again. Oh, yeah, so they moved him again, because that's when... Because uh, Bill Lumberg will will bully Milton anytime he feels like he's lost power, right? And so he, he, he gets so angry that the only thing he can do is punish Milton, because he can't do anything else. And so when... When they tell him that Peter is going to be promoted, blah, 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 whatever, uh, he immediately goes and says, we're going to move you again. We're moving you to the basement. You know, give me that. Well, yeah, and yeah. Oh, and such a dick. He steals a stapler. Swing, which I have. I have a red swing line stapler oh, on my desk. Oh. Of course. Who doesn't? Um, and my thing is, you know, so in that scene, you know, we see Lumberg talking to the Bobs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, you know, all Milton is able to make out is stapler. And you would have thought, I would, if it was me, of course I'm not that weird, but if it was me, I would have hidden it. Mm-hmm. Like maybe in my desk, something out of sight. But all Milton does is just takes it immediately out of sight and just kind of mm-hmm. moves it down a little bit. And Lumber takes that shit. Was no such thing as a red swing line stapler until that movie came out. Really? They took a, a black swing line, painted it. Uh, red, and after the popularity of the movie, swing lines started making red staplers. That's awesome. That's true. Yeah. And now it's now it's like common it is, knowledge. It is a staple. Nailed it. Of their <laughs> uh, of uh, of their stapler line. Oh, that's awesome. But yeah, and then yeah, then when they, I I would feel like that's not very. Um, speaking of Milton moving his desk, I would feel like that's not very uh, ethical. To make him move his desk down to the basement. No, it's not. And like, if you could take care of the rat, the rat problem, the rat so rat can, problem. a flashlight and a can of pesticide. <laughs> you could take care of the rat problem. That'd be great. Well, and, and then you know he doesn't get to partake of the birthday cake. No, and I just, I just love his sort of rant, his very quiet rant like, of you know you, the, the, the ratio for people to cake isn't. Even and you know, and he ends up, of course, not getting one because nothing works out for Milton until the end, and even then, not really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, because because we get that that infamous line when he's in the basement, and they figure out that there's money missing, and they shut the lights off and close the door, and he's like, right, that's the last straw. <laughs> it's the because he mentions it a few times before that that he can burn the building down. Mm-hmm. Um, and this time he goes, it's the Lestro. That's it. Because he hadn't been getting his paycheck. Because, and, and such a corporate way, oh, corporate which I, mentality. Which I thought it was so funny. It was you like, know. no, I mean, we took care. We took care of the glitch. Oh, so he's no longer uh, So he's no longer working here. Oh, just a second there, chief. We fixed the glitch. <laughs> he won't be getting a paycheck. Yeah, we've learned this thing's going to work themselves out naturally. We like to avoid all kind of confrontation. And that's such a corporate mentality. And I've seen that mentality, like, firsthand. But, um... (laughs) And I love how... I love how, you know... So, you know, Peter writes out the confession. Puts all the money in the envelope. And Peter's gonna take the fall. And I love that he, uh... Immediately second-guesses. Yes, so he puts it under the door. And then he slides to try to get it from underneath the door. It's a great... Uh, sort of, <laughs> and, uh, and then you know the the next morning Milton is trying to talk to Lumberg about he has his paycheck he hasn't gotten he wants a stapler back yeah and his secretary is like you know you can talk to him when he gets here and then Milton goes and just opens the door pretty much saying that like Peter could have done that at yeah, any time yeah Peter I don't think realized it wasn't locked 
Which my question, and you know, of course, I like poking holes in movies. Like Apparently. even if it's movies, I love. Like I just this- love poking holes in it. How the fuck did he get in the building? <laughs> Ashley's like, well, his key card, and like, but we don't see it on him. And I think that I think the the badge we see is just a badge. I don't think it's an actual key card. I don't know. My key card opens the uh, the door twenty four seven. Well, I've never worked in that mm. kind of corporate gotcha. environment. Anyway, um, but yeah, <laughs> and I love that. So you know, the morning that Peter's like, I guess, get ready to face the music, he packs a bag. <laughs> And I'm like, they're not going to let think- you keep that stuff in jail. I know. Like, you <laughs> I think you're going it. to summer camp? Yeah. No, they're going to federal pound me in the ass prison. Pound you in the ass. And the, his dream, the dream sequence where the judge says, pound me in the ass prison, I love. You know. And, and then Peter just gets uh, like, you're a very bad person. <laughs> and that's, and that's uh, you know, enough for Peter to be like, all right, I'm taking the fall. Right. Um, but yeah. <laughs> and he tells Lawrence, like, oh, well. See you around, like, hey, Peter, man. Uh, what? Oh, fuck, what does he say? Because he's like, watch the... I think he says watch the soap. <laughs> oh, no, watch the... I, I think it was watch the cornhole or something like that. <laughs> something something, something uh, Joe Exotic would say. Hell no, man. I want you to fuck up my life. <laughs> but, uh, you know, then Peter goes to uh, in a tech and uh, fucking building's on fire. It is on fire. Now, a uh, fun little... Um, Mistake is when he parks. He parks in the red zone, which is where the fire trucks oh, would have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I forgot to mention one of my another one of my favorite lines in the movie is when, um, you know, again like poking holes. That clearly, you know, at in a tech lumber cares about these TPS report cover sheets. Yeah, but clearly they don't really care what they do while they're there. Because Peter immediately is like, hey, you guys, you want to go to Chachki's and get some- like that a lot. So I thought about that today when I was watching the movie again. I was like, how would they do that? That's so cool. They could just leave. Whenever yeah. they want. Pretty much. I mean, you could argue that maybe he just, you know, they knew he wasn't going to be walking around again until the afternoon. So they could take you an know, hour or so. So you've worked in offices. Have you been ever able, ever able to get away with something no. like that? No, I, I can't. Um, no. Technically, in my position, I could do that. Uh, I know the person that worked in the position before me, uh, they would just leave whenever. And yeah, go see, I can't do, do that. Whatever. I have uh, too many people look out the window. So yeah. um, important people look out the window. So oh. I can't, uh, I can't, but I mean, yeah, I'm fine. You know, because yeah. I, can, I can get up and walk and go see someone else. Like, I mean, I could go hang out with the advisors or go hang out with Shep or whatever, uh, get some coffee. But you can't Get leave. leave. No. Unless you're going on lunch. I'm right, assuming. exactly. But anyway, but you know, and so they're at Chachki's and he's like, you know, I know Lumberg's going to ask me to work on Saturday and, and I'm going to say yes because I'm a big pussy. <laughs> it's probably why I'm working at Anatech to begin with. And I just I just love that because then Michael and Samir are like offended. Like, yeah, it's like, hell no, I work at Anatech. I'm not a pussy. And I, want, I, and I wanted to bring this up is... Is that how you felt when we went to Fort Worth and I was putting sugar in my coffee? With how Michael's like, like he just keeps putting sugar in his coffee. You're putting a lot of sugar in your coffee. Um, I'm sorry, they didn't have flavored creamer. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, he does. I did mention. I did notice that today. Is that he just continuously keeps putting sugar and in the coffee? And then Samir's doing like the bartender pour. Yeah. <laughs> with his with his little little cup of creamer, and he's like, "Yes, I'm also not the pussy." <laughs> 
this movie, ugh, this movie's just great. It's great. Man. It's it's got a lot going for it. It's a classic. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and it's a part of my life forever. You know, and and it's kind of one of those things that like I feel like at the end, my judge is kind of saying that. Like, yeah, maybe you're working a place you're not happy, but you will find a place that makes you happy. Because, you know, Peter's finally happy in his new job, working with Lawrence, doing construction. You know, because even Michael and Samir come and visit him. Like, you know, we can get you a job at Intertrode. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm good here. Yeah. You know, because it's easy going. And kind of like what you said, that, you know, working construction kind of goes with the flow. Because when we meet Lawrence for the first time, he's like, yeah, man, i got to... Wake my ass up at 6 a.m. every morning. Drive down to Las Colinas. Yeah, I'm putting up the drywall there for the new McDonald's. I, just, I loved how he said, like, yeah, like, <laughs> like, like everyone has been wondering who's doing the drywall in the new McDonald's. And he's like, yeah, I'm the one doing the drywall at the new McDonald's. <laughs> I, uh, I just love the way he says that he's doing the drywall. Yeah, man. Like I said, and you said it too. Lawrence is the best character. The Lawrence whole movie. is the greatest. She, he, he, he's. I, I would love to write an email to Mike Judge and be like, hey, I want you to write. I don't care if it's a series. I don't care if it's a three-hour-long movie. I don't care. Write something just Lawrence. Yeah. Get Diedrich Boehner back. Put him back in the mullet. And just, yeah. Just let him do it all. I uh, I will say, to Mike Judge's credit, he really, you know, the reason he was so good at doing this sort of office environment is that's what he did. He was a he was an engineer, and that's what he did uh, for a living. You know, uh, that's a flow. That's a throw up, uh, you know. Flexing nuts over here, uh, but I actually drank out of a coffee cup that was owned by my judge. <laughs> Can't wait to hear this story. Um, so, you know Scott, right? You I know do? my stepdad. Yes, you know I, the guy who gave us unlimited access to I, a movie set. I have met uh, Scott. Uh, he's great. I'm a yes. big fan of Scott's. Yes, yes. my stepdad is is, is awesome. Uh, gives unlimited access to a movie set, which I will never stop talking about. Um, when he and my mom uh, first moved into their first apartment together in Austin, um, somehow, I don't know how, I think I asked, I've just now since forgotten, somehow he got a hold of a lot of office stuff mm-hmm. that belonged to Mike Judge. That's so cool. <laughs> um, that included coffee cups. That's and so horrible. I remember visiting them one time and I made a cup of coffee, and I made it with one of the coffee cups. And it's, it's just standard coffee cup, just ceramic, mm-hmm. kind of like a like um, another '90s movie. You've seen So I Married an Axe Murderer, right? It's been a while. Okay, but you know the the big ass like cappuccino, yeah, that they give. Yes, 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 yes. So yes. that's kind of the style of it. Gotcha. And I'm sipping out of it, and my mom was like, "Oh, you got that coffee cup?" I was like, "Yeah." yeah. She was like, yeah, that Mike Judge owned that. And I was like... That was Mike Judge's coffee cup. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and also, like, they got a hold of a, a, a Viper Room hat. Oh, you know, as in cool. Johnny Depp's Viper Room, you know, where uh, River Phoenix OD'd. Yeah. In front of everyone. But anyway. Rest in power. Uh, not to flex nuts, but, you know. You know what? Because, you know, Real Gangsters know they got Well, apparently, we know which one you are. Um, because <laughs> uh, gangsters don't fly stunts. But uh, that's okay. So, um, 
let's let's wrap up. Yeah. Wrap up, wrap up, wrap up. Uh, Office Space is great. Office Space is fantastic. Um, again, if you love Office Space, you are really going to love Dilbert. So go ahead and try to find Dilbert. It used to be on Amazon Prime. They've taken it off Amazon Prime. So I have it on DVD, of course. Cowards. But... Highly recommend if you love Office Space, you love Dilbert. So that's something to at least hold on to for a while. Yeah. So what are we going to discuss next week? All right. Jeremy? So I was thinking about that today, and like much like Natalie and Berglia, I'm torn. Um, you know, I'm a lot of faith. This is how I feel. I'm holding oh my- out of shame, laying naked on the floor. Illusions never change into something real. I'm wide awake, and I can oh see the broken sides torn. So I don't. Wait. Don't you mean God? Have you never seen Dogma? Yeah. She plays Do- she plays God in Dogma. Uh no, that's Alanis Morza. So Yeah, that's who sings Torn. Natalie Berkeley sings Torn. So You're lying to me right now. I'm not. I know my nineties uh, music, so so do I. <clears throat> Alright, ladies and gentlemen, he's doing this while we're talking, so we get to see him go, Ugh, you're okay, right. Okay, fine, you're right. There we go. God damn it. So either we do a documentary, or we do a drama. Huh. That, the, that the directors and writers say it isn't a drama. I don't want to mm. give too much away until you decide. So now I'm assuming once I pick whichever one I pick, you've already got that mm-hmm. one. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a, dr- a documentary or a drama that the dir- directors... So two? Well, writer-directors uh, oh, okay. say that it is not a... It is not a drama. They, they consider it a comedy, and, of course, they're out of their minds. I think I know which one that is. Okay. You just... I think you just kind of gave it away, because I know we've discussed this. Mm-hmm. Was the drama Inside Lewin Davis? It is, Inside Lewin Davis. I would like to do that. Okay. You want to do Inside Lewin Davis? Perfect. What was the documentary, by the way? Uh, Dear Zachary. A, uh, a uh, letter uh, from... A Father to His Son, as the full title. Uh, Dear Zachary is maybe the the saddest I've ever been and the angriest I've ever been. Yeah, then it's a good thing I... Yeah, I'm still going to go with Inside, Inside Lewin Davis. Inside Davis? Oh, perfect. Okay, good. Because I love Inside Lewin Davis. Um, well, see, I love the Coen brothers. Yes, Coen yeah. brothers. They're out of their minds. So, <laughs> well, because I remember when I, I remember I bumped into you at Best Buy when I was actually conceiving the idea for the podcast mm-hmm. and somehow we got on the subject of the Coen brothers and you're like yeah dude they're sadists they are sadists and I'm like what are you talking about <laughs> and you're like they refer to Inside Llewyn Davis as a comedy because every time he gets down they think that's hilarious I mean it's just they get just so giddy every every next step down he takes <laughs> they're more giddy and so they're absolutely out of their minds yeah I mean uh, I, I consider it a drama I think it is remarkable and the well, music's great well yeah I own the soundtrack uh, I know that's a movie that me and Ashley have been wanting to watch forever good um, it is on the Criterion Collection. If you, uh, ooh, yeah, I need to get. Well, which it I is, can't spend any money right now. It is worth getting on Criterion. I'll tell you why. Because the special features have the big concert that they did uh, to promote the movie, and like Jack White's there, and the Avid Brothers, and a whole I'm bunch assuming of Marcus Mumford is also there. Yes. Um, yeah. Because his wife's in the movie. Yes, and he sings on the soundtrack. Yeah, I know he does, and I know Justin Timberlake's also in the movie. Yes. Now, I'm assuming because I feel like I read this over. Justin's role is very small. It is really movie. small. I mean, so is um, Carrie Mulligan's and or Marcus Mumford. 
Marcus Mumford's not in the movie. Just oh, his voice. Right. He's, just, he's just on the soundtrack? Yeah, just his voice is on there. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, Adam Driver's in it for Ooh. a few minutes. Yeah. Kyle Ren? Well, before he was Kyle Ren. <laughs> this is like 2013. So is this before he even started on Girls? Because I know Girls was really what... I think it was around the same time. Okay. He was on Girls. But Inside Lewin Davis, very exciting stuff. I'm also I very excited. love Inside Lewin Davis. Well, uh, we hope everyone enjoyed this uh, this very lighthearted this episode. This bit-a-thon. Yeah, this bit-a-thon. <laughs> but uh, we will see you next week for Inside Lewin Davis. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Feels good to be a gangster. A real gangster ass nigga plays his cards right. A real gangster ass nigga never runs his fucking mouth. Cause real gangster ass niggas don't start fights. And niggas always got a hot cap. Showing all his boys how we shot him. But real gangster ass niggas don't flex nuts. Cause real gangster ass niggas know they got him. And everything's cool in the mind of a gangster. Cause gangster ass niggas think deep. Up 365 at your 24 seconds, real gangsta ass niggas don't sleep. And all I gotta say to you, wanna be, gonna be, cocksucker, pussy, prankster.